Welcome to the podcast for Velocity with Marisha Charsky. Each session, Marisha will talk with successful entrepreneurs and experts who have shaped and impacted the growth trajectory and well-being of entrepreneurs around the world. She will explore the tools, skills, and mindset needed to thrive in the high stakes and roller coaster space of running a business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Velocity podcast. I'm Marisha Charsky, your host and the founder of Entrepreneurs Velocity, which is a hub for entrepreneurs to get the tools, resources, and insights needed for growth. So, right now, many of you are very focused on managing all the day to day issues maybe fires, just in this roller coaster of space that we're in. So I wanted to take this time in the podcast today and dedicate it to asking some important questions for you to take time out and reflect on and actually answer these for yourself, to take a breath in, exhale, knowing we will get through this, but that there will be some important questions to be asking yourself as you go forward in your business. To help me do that, we have a very thoughtful entre- entrepreneur on today's podcast. That is Glennis Ranger, who is the founder of the Immersion Lab, which is a global organization with a team that also works globally. Glennis has dedicated 15 years of her professional career to pioneering and refining in-market immersion, which provides her clients with powerful and unique experiences of business school out in that real world. Glennis' instinct for emerging business trends and ideas is shaped by her global perspective, which has been honed by working and living on three continents and working and collaborating with diverse global thought leaders and their organizations. I personally have the opportunity to work with Glennis and see her in real time and in action, and I'm so excited to have her joining us today to have this reflective conversation. Glennis, thanks so much for joining me. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you. And before we start to dig into what we're titling three important questions that entrepreneurs should be asking themselves right now, let me just start by getting your perspective of what is happening with the COVID-19 pandemic and how it's affecting you, your business, and just your lens out there in the world that you know so well Mm. Well, it's a great question, Marisha. You know, we were affected very early on because of the nature of our business. So as, um, as you described, we take senior leaders around the world and we get them face-to-face in person experiences um, in, you know, places where we can give them these uh, learning, unique learning experiences. And so very early on, I'm going to say like February, our clients our wonderful clients started um, canceling all our programs. So we um, have zero revenue. (laughs) So the the impact is very high. And, um, you know, some of the things I want to talk about today are just what helps us uh, feel very optimistic about the future and how energized we are by this. So on a personal level, um, I am very grateful and fortunate I live in a very beautiful place with a a big forest around me, so I have a lot of space to run around. I'm not on planes every week, so Mm -hmm. I'm actually the healthiest and the skinniest that I've been (laughs) many, many years. And I know that's not everybody's experience, but uh, um, there's something about this time that has opened a space for me 
that is very exciting. So I'm feeling quite rejuvenated. Mm, that's lovely. And to contrast the space of rejuvenation inside of zero revenue uh, is, you know, an interesting contrast. And exactly why I knew you'd be a perfect guest for today to put, pose some questions that you think other entrepreneurs could be asking themselves. So where's the place to start with this, Glenn? What's, what's an important question maybe you've asked yourself and you feel would be valuable for other entrepreneurs to be asking well, themselves right now? So there are three questions that I've asked myself, and they're sort of sequential, I think, um, and they've been very helpful at this time. So the first one, and I think this is the foundational and the most important one, is where am I? It's really understanding where am I today in the situation? So, you know, we're in leadership development, so we spend a lot of energy and time working with leaders to get insight and self-awareness because that is absolutely one of the most critical things. So I think this is a very worthy question to spend some deep time reflecting on because we are in the middle, you know, we're in the eye of the storm, if you like but we're actually dealing with three realities simultaneously, which is very challenging. One is we've lost something. I think we all know that life probably will never go back to the way it was. We've got something that's significantly changed. And there's almost, I think, a sense of mourning and grief, but we don't know what we've lost. And then, of course, there's this current present where, you know, we're dealing with Zoom meetings and our teams are distressed and, We've got our families around us, our whole circumstance has changed. So there's a current reality that creates a lot of uncertainty. And of course, the next thing is like the future. We don't know what the future is going to look like. So, um, you know, we're working simultaneously over all of these three situations and trying to wrangle with them. So it's really important to take the time to do deep reflection on the things that are energizing you at the moment, the things that are holding you back. What is it that you want to do differently going forward? And how would you really make that real? You know, what does the next piece of your journey look like? And who can you help? Or who can you ask to help you be accountable? So I think this is the first thing. The very first piece is to know who you are in this crisis. And it's interesting to hear that because, um, you know, the op like we're, we're in, everyone's in a pressure cooker, whether your business has exploded because you happen to be something that everybody needs much more of, or in your situation where revenue is zero, the pressure of the situation has so much more amplified uh, the reality we have been living in. And to be able to, you know, to be able, it's probably an, you know, an opportunity to, well, people can see that more easily. I'm finding when I'm talking to my clients, they're seeing things that were sort of like a gut feeling that was sort of niggling at them, but now suddenly it's not niggling, it's screaming at them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can really take the time to, to discover that. Is there anything you might want to share personally that became very evident to you yourself in, um, where you're at in this current situation. Was there a revelation you had? Yeah. In fact, it's interesting because you had a previous speaker on this program, Dr. Ginny Whitelaw, who um, ran us through a, an embodied reflection. So practicing some of her Zen skills and then using the U-theory um, MIT reflection process. 
um, to take us through thinking about, you know, what's, what is going on and what do we want to change and how do we want to hold ourselves accountable for that change? And I realized some very fundamental things. One being that I actually don't want to go back to that busyness and that responsibility for everybody. And I actually, I like this new, healthier um, person that's spending a lot more time in nature. So it's not that I wasn't doing that before, but I'm doing more of it now as an instinctive practice. And so what I want to be very careful about going forward is that I don't revert back to that other person whose life was pretty cool. I didn't see how much better it could be until I now experienced it. So that's one piece. Rich, I think the other thing is to really, you know, the more self-aware and self-insight you have, I think the more empathetic you can be to others. And so I'm, you know, I'm recognizing that on my team, people are having different experiences. They're in different places. It's almost like Maslow's hierarchy, right? We were all at level three and four, five, and we've kind of slipped down into one and two, you know, worried about security and safety and working in a completely different environment. And some people are really derailed by that and others are more opportunistic and sort of moving up the, the hierarchy at speed. So it's also kind of, a, we know this, but when it hits you in the gut, people are different and they have different derailers and different experiences. And the more insightful and aware you are, the better you can be the leader that you need to be for your team at this time. Great. Yeah. And, you know, I just uh, finished up my last podcast with Bruce Celery. He talked about, um, we were talking about being able to share responsibly uh, the actual reality of financial results in this, in this time. And he just spoke to being highly empathetic to the different spaces that you're just describing that your team is actually in and how attuned you are to that in the conversations you've been having with them. It's very clear. Thank you. That's question number one. What's another question you feel is important for so, entrepreneurs? You know, the other thing I've been heard to say, and it's not original. In fact, uh, for a very long time, I had a sign over my desk that said, never waste a good crisis. And I say it's not original because I believe Winston Churchill was the first to say something along those lines. But the second question is, where's the opportunity, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, inside of this creates an enormous amount of opportunity. So my default would definitely not to be jump over the cliff and, you know, <laughs> commiserate yes. and cry, mm -hmm. wail, beat my breast. It's much more, where's the opportunity? And, you know, luckily for us, because of our business model, we had been thinking about the risks to the business with climate change. And so we were kind of ahead of the curve in terms of thinking, about how we change our business model and do things differently. And of course, this is accelerated and we see people changing habits and behaviors at speed in a way that none of us would have ever realized. So I think what I'm seeing and I'm excited about is some of the best thinking that my team has ever done. They are leaning in, they are thinking about new ways to do things, new ways to deliver exceptional experiences to clients, you know, finding alternatives that I think are not only going to be great revenue generators, but better than what we do now. So, you know, I think the one piece of the what's the opportunity has to do with trying new things. Don't be afraid, you know, really 
and Marisha, you are very um, able to talk to this, but to really bring that design thinker creativity into your organization, try things, prototype, experiment, engage with people. We use our associates to try all sorts of new things so that we can see what works, what doesn't work. We want to learn really fast, you know, and make those experiments as real as possible, right? So, you know, to try new things against something that feels quite close to reality. So that's the, that's the, you know, the next big question of where is the opportunity for you to change your business model, to repurpose your assets, to think differently about the value proposition of your company. That's one piece of it. But the second piece of it, and maybe this links to the previous podcast, it has to do with how well you run your business. Okay. Entrepreneurs, I think we all have this three month cash flow thing, right? Like we're always going bankrupt in three months. And I, <laughs> I remember <laughs> even talking to a friend of mine who's a very, very successful Bay Street lawyer who's got a you know billion dollar business plus you know, 200 associates who still has that entrepreneur mindset. But there's something about that sort of paranoia of going under and not being able to keep your staff employed that I think you have to keep that edginess. And, you know, it is absolutely a credit to how well the Immersion Lab is run financially, um, due diligence, all of those processes that we have in place. And we will withstand this. So, you know, there's enough money there. We're not furloughing anyone. We're not reducing salaries. you know, we are obviously very grateful for the government's support, but I can tell you that this is the time to really make sure that you put in those disciplined practices that get you the kind of robust resilience that you need in a small organization, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Thanks, Glennis. And congratulations on that because, you know, we're reading in the newspapers, we're hearing it on the radio and how close to the edge so many small and mid-sized enterprises are. And those practices you describe are critical. So it is an opportunity that if they haven't been firmly, you know, embedded into an organization, that it's like, okay, this time it will be done and we will be ready for whatever does occur in the future. And important for crisis, but just important for, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week management to have that in place to be able to make good, sound decisions. And back to that earlier point around, you know, experimenting, trying new things, um, having that base in place allows for that freedom in good times. And then in this current environment we're in, um, you know, to build on what you said about the, the experimentation, I am finding clients, companies, the public, everyone is willing to try new things right now or to um, uh, just engage. And if there are mistakes being made, far more forgiving, quite collaborative, in fact, and giving feedback, but giving feedback in a way of, um, I want to help you be successful because I see how hard you're trying. Yeah, you know, Marisha, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, two quick thoughts. One is our clients now want something different. So let's give it to them, you know. But there's another thing that my organization, and I think small client-facing organizations have this bias, which is always a bias towards doing the client work. And so our ability to improvise and do, not so much improvise, but innovate and do new things is always 
limited by the volume, the sheer volume of work that we have to design, develop, and deliver. Mm-hmm. And this is a unique time because we're not doing that to yeah. really co-create with clients and to do things differently and to try new things. And it's exhausting too because it's, you know, what we're finding is our team is using different muscles and they aren't as well developed. So it's exhausting. So, you know, you have to suddenly have a different rhythm in the day. Like, for example, I get up, I've always been an early riser and I find I have a good few hours of very creative focused time, but it dissipates quickly. Um, and so I don't have that longer runway that I used to have. Mm. So this is really a great time to develop some new rhythm mm. without sort of the demands of having to deliver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Glenn, have you found that some of those new ideas that are emerging or maybe evolved ideas in the immersion lab, that they were seedling somewhere inside your organization, but this... Yeah pivot in time has allowed them to emerge? Like there's actually space for them to emerge? Well, they were seedlings because of, as I said, you know, our concern about risks to our business model, Mm. but the acceleration and the other thing, you know, inviting everybody on the team to come in and be part of the thinking has, you know, just created off the chart, new ideas, um, new directions, directions very exciting so it's a great time to look at the opportunity yeah it's great what we know and what we say in the world of creativity is that good ideas come from anybody and can come from anywhere yeah Yeah. so you you want everybody around the table to be able to have the freedom and the confidence to share what's what's on their mind or what has been on their mind um, and so that they can contribute back because a, a lot of team members now want to, to give back and to be able to be a part of the future. Yeah. They're keen to yeah. do it. Good. Okay. Uh, we've got a third question that you <laughs> are going to have our entrepreneurs reflect on. What's that third question? Well, and it's one that I'm not, I'm, I'm of clarity on myself. So I'd say I'm, it's very current up of mind and I'm working on it. And that's, how do I stay connected? How do I stay connected to my key stakeholders? You know, so what's the appropriate way to keep in t- touch with customers, clients, with partners, affiliates, subcontractors? You know, what, how do we stay connected to our ecosystem? And I think I've heard um, on the stay away side because I don't know about you guys, but I was just going stir crazy from the millions of emails that I got that started with, we're here to help you. You know, organizations I hadn't even heard of, didn't even know that they knew me, my bank, my, you know, and it was just so disingenuous and unhelpful and awful. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think there's another challenge for us, which is how to stay connected with our customers, how to stay connected in a way that is authentic and memorable. And recognizing that they're going through the same things as we are. They have that same sense of loss about the past, the same swirl about today, the same uncertainty about the future. And so I think this is a time to be very authentic and memorable and to demand very little of them, but engage them in creative and collaborative problem solving. So what do they need now? now? You know, what can we do to continue the relationship so that when things course correct and we're back in the new normal 
that we pick up where we left off stronger and better and able to even bring more value to them. So I don't have an answer to that, but I know it's a delicate balance of being really authentic mm. and not bringing anything but something that's useful to them. So I'd love to hear what your, what your community have to say about that, Marisha. Yeah, and I'm also wondering, has anyone done it well with you? Yes. Funnily enough, surpri- surprisingly, my bank, my main bank, my commercial bank, mm-hmm. has been brilliant. I mean, and my insurance company my, my, and my financial advisor. Um, yeah. You know, I think in the last few weeks, they give me updates about what's available from the government perspective, how to apply for loans, um, lowered my, ben- you know, my benefits, um, Subs- uh, payments, you know, so the real value coming and it's clear and it's concise and it's, it is helpful. Mm. And so strangely enough, yes. Um, the other thing we found is that, and my team is reporting on this, that just those little notes saying, hey, thinking of you, hope all is well, hope your family's safe, is garnering a lot of, um, it's garnering a lot of like feedback. So we're getting lots of clients saying, hey, just really appreciated you connecting with us. We're good. Let's stay in contact. But it's just very personal. Yes. And then we're doing some little surprising things here and there. You know, we've got some um, subcontractors that do work for us who obviously are compromised by this. So we'll send them a little, little something, you know, a bonus or a bottle of wine or something just to say, hey, we're still connected. Mm-hmm. Um, doing happy hours you know we call them thirsty thursdays um where we get people together and you know so we can continue to feel like we're a community without actually working just having fun and getting to know each other better those little things will stand everybody in good stead as we pick up the pace again and then maybe have a overwhelming amount of work to do Mm. yes (laughs) yes Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could could pivot quite quickly. Uh, and Glynis, you're global in nature. Um, people can hear that you have an accent. If they are South African, it's not a, an accent. But if they <laughs> if they aren't South African, it is. And so you you know you work globally. You've lived globally. Where are you garnering inspiration right now? as you look out into the world, is there somewhere that you might be drawing more inspiration from at this particular point in time? You know, it's so interesting that you say that Marisha, because, um, you know, great, there's, there is a belief that great responsibility can build great leaders just by, you know, the responsibility that they have, that people can lean into and step into their leadership. And I see, I see that happening in Canada quite a lot. Um, you know, I think Justin Trudeau, with um, his engagement, his transparency, his real compassion for us, is very inspiring. And I never thought I'd say this, um, not to get political, but I have to tell you that I think Rob Ford mm. is doing a fantastic job as well. That's now, Doug Ford, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Doug Ford, yes. thank you. Thank yeah. You. Well, and it's because you are surprised based on the Ford dynasty for those listeners outside of the Ontario or Canadian yeah. arena. Yeah. Uh, you may have heard of him because he was world-renowned. Uh, absolutely. Was. I'm inspired to be Canadian at this point, inspired 
and grateful. Yeah. And, you know, it's absolutely horrifying what happened recently in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Please don't let that become our norm because no, no. this is one of the best places to live. Yes, indeed. And, you know, this is, you know, this is an, another question that as you're speaking, it occurs to me, you know, how do we want to be remembered as leaders of our organizations yeah. and our communities after this changes, after the whatever emerges next? How do we want to be known? And that might be a question that we can help define for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's interesting times. Interesting indeed. Very interesting times. Glennis, I want to thank you so much for joining us here today on our podcast. I am going to post some information, more information about your company, if others would like to be finding out more about the Immersion Lab and all the great work you do globally. Thank you, Glennis. Thank you. And look forward to more conversation. Thanks, Marisha. Take care and be safe. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Entrepreneurs Velocity, a community filled with resources and expertise to take your business to the next level.